Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show where we talk about short video games, the kind of things that you can pick up and complete in an evening or a weekend, games that respect your time. And I am one of your excellent hosts, I'm Reagan Kelly, and with me this week are three awesome people. No, excuse me, three? that's counting myself. Uh, two awesome people. <laughs> uh, Laura J. Nash, how are you doing, Laura? I am doing great. And Shane, how are you doing, Shane? I'm pretty great. And um, we have kind of a weird theme this week. Yeah, it's a pretty weird theme. We uh, we don't usually do it like this. This yeah. is pretty weird. <laughs> it's a spectacular theme, guys. It, I love it. <laughs> we uh, we realized that we had some games on our list that we didn't really feel like doing a full episode on for one reason or another, but they had some unifying qualities, and uh, that is that they all at least sort of involve birds. So uh, we're going to be talking about Hatoful Boyfriend, Aviary Attorney, Duck Game, and as a little teaser to feed the birds at the end, we'll talk a little bit about I Am Bread. So none of us have played all of these games, uh, but Laura and I both have played at least the first here, uh, Hatoful Boyfriend. such a weird game, but it's been on my list to play for a long time because I'm so easily influenced by games involving romance or dating. Like, that's one of the things that I really like in games. And this is a game where you date birds. And How to Fool Boyfriend weirdly got on other podcasts. It got, a, I wouldn't say it got mainstream, but it became the weird game. It's on the PlayStation 4. I think it makes it pretty mainstream. Yeah, it got to be the game that people who didn't play games thought of as that weird game where you date pigeons. Um, and that's, you know, what's on the can is what is in there. Um, what does Hatoful mean? I don't, I've not played this game, so what's a Hatoful boyfriend? Well, Shane, I can tell you, <laughs> because it's on the Wikipedia page. Um, so it's a pun uh, of the word Hatofuru, which means Heartful, which is one of those uh, Japanese words that's like a borrowed word from uh, from English. So heartful, um, but it's also identical to the Japanese pronunciation of the English word hurtful. So you know, it's it's both heartful and hurtful, and so it's nothing also to do with pigeons. well, it also incorporates the Japanese word hato, which means pigeon or dove. So it's a sort of a three way Japanese pun. And I'm really quite surprised that they decided to keep that as the title when they uh, when they brought the game across. But I guess they decided that the game wears its weird Japanese-ness so much on its sleeve that they didn't need to bother redoing its title. Yeah, what do you rename Katamari, right? Yeah. Yeah. The premise of this game is that sometime in the not-too-distant future, there's some kind of horrible thing that kills off almost all the humans, but the birds evolve. So you play a hunter-gatherer human who lives in a cave who gets a scholarship to go to the good bird school, St. Pidgeo Nations, and and then you date people. I, you know what's really weird about it, too, is that I never actually got to any of the stuff that you just described. Like, you read the descriptions of this game, and it, it, it says... But you wake up in a cave. Oh, yeah, you wake up in a cave, but there's no explanation for that. And then I, I ran through the game twice, and um, it only ever gave me the sort of 
pretty much straightforward, you're going to this school and everyone's a pigeon, deal with it kind of kind of explanation. And presumably, there's like there's like 12 different endings in this. Presumably, some of them explain the details of how the world came to be this weird bird populated, uh, you know, hellscape. Um, and it hints at it like it shows you some picture like all the humans apparently live in caves and the the birds live in houses and there's some pictures of like burning fallen over downtown buildings but really none of that's addressed it's just it just sort of expects you to take on face value that the world of the game is that this girl is the only only human girl going to a school full of hyper intelligent and i think possibly larger than normal pigeons and other types of birds <laughs> possibly larger than normal well i mean i maybe i got a little bit more into the whole like are humans mudbloods thing because i was dating an aristocrat oh um, oh yeah or trying to woo a big snob um there was lots of um i had a storyline involving a biker gang and like a tea shop and I got some. I got two old old birds to fall in love. That was pretty great. I got that part too. And the biker gang. What were they called? They were called the. Um, were they like pigeons? Like punk pigeons? Punkjins. They were called punkjins. Yes. Wow. <laughs> there is wonder around every corner in this game. There's apparently a big thing about sentient pudding that you can. Do. That's like a true and yeah. If if you really want to devote a lot of time to this game, there's a lot going on, um, and each each romanceable character, and there are quite a lot of them, um, has a different ending. Some of them multiple endings, and they all reveal different things about the world. But it only takes about an hour or maybe two to play through from beginning to end. I played through it twice, and um, the first time through, I guess I just didn't hit it off with anybody oh reagan you gotta commit man i know i know well i i couldn't decide like i couldn't decide which bird was gonna steal my heart and um you know do i do i go with the the bumbling teacher or do i date the childhood best friend who seems sickly but friendly or do i date the quiet bird in the library who doesn't like talking to people and i was i was indecisive and so um by the end of the game, I had given everyone mixed signals, and at some point, I was attacked by ninjas in my cave and killed. Oh. And that was the end. That was, um, it was pretty abrupt, too. Uh, were the ninjas I, birds? Uh, yes, yes. They were, um, they were hired by, I think it was like the hawk party, which is like the, I guess, anti-human types. So the hawk ninjas got me. And the next time through, I decided, okay, I don't want to be killed again. I'm really going to commit. And so I committed early on to dating what I guess is kind of the easy option, Ryota, the uh, the pigeon uh, who is your childhood best friend. And, um, you know, he's kind of a wet noodle. Um, and he has a very typical, like, dating game story where, you know, he's uh, he's distant because his mother is sick and he's got a lot on his mind and he's not entirely well wait i just realized something mm -hmm. are all the other students men like are you only the only female and the only human as far as i can tell yes um or at least you're the only female that gets any lines okay <laughs> are you at a men's school and you're also a human <laughs> i guess so that is really weird yeah it is a very weird one so you dated the aristocratic fantail pigeon right oh yes i mean well they do show you pictures of what the pigeons or rock doves or 
fantail whatevers will look like if they were human. So they have like great anime pictures on the side that you can look at the first time you meet them. But also photorealistic birds. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like photorealistic bird and then an anime version of who you would date. And I was like, ah, fancy hair guy. That sounds like a challenge. I will date that. And, <laughs> and then I just committed. And then I was like, oh, this guy might be a racist. Like I might be dating a Nazi, but a bird version. Um, he's really an ass. And I was just like, nope, got to commit. <laughs> so, guys, I mean, I don't know that much about this game, but I have read that there's some kind of like expansion or post story that incorporates horror elements. That just yes, came out, I yeah. It just that. came out? Okay, it, is that uh, is that something either of you guys got to touch? Hatoful Boyfriend um, Holiday Star. We've not played that because it's an entirely separate game, actually. It's no, I'm hearing download. about Bad Boys Love is what this one's called. Is that something you guys saw? Oh, uh, that's like a hidden ending, I think. So you can, um, there are multiple expansion packs. Oh boy. If you can't get enough, you can keep getting more people to date through expansion packs. So... Keep that in mind. So here's the thing. This game, like, I'm pretty amused by its concept. Um, And I did have some fun playing it. But having now dated two different pigeons, even with the, you know, considerate uh, inclusion of the fast forward or skip button, I don't know that I'm going to go back and try to date any more of the pigeons or unlock any of the secret endings. I just didn't think there was enough going on in the game. The, The choices are pretty limited. Um, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of possible endings, but you have to spend a lot of time going through the same things early on in the game in order to get to the different endings. Um, so I would say like, this is definitely an interesting game to, to sort of poke around in if the concept seems funny to you, but, um, you know, expect that if you're really going to try to get everything this game has to offer, you're actually going to spend quite a while with it going through these different endings. Um, Laura, do you see yourself kind of going back to this one or or trying to date more of the pigeons? Periodically, when it's gone far enough that I forget the beginning, um, you know, I forget the steps because it can get repetitive. I think That's a good point. Yeah, I think if you're interested in the weirdness of this game, you can spend a little time on one of the wikis and you'll get a little bit of the weirdness of like human radicals and like, who knows. I, most of that's not in the game, um, but I think there is some... If you're new to dating sims, there's weird things like pick the right bird feed to feed people, pick the right sign to be compatible, (laughs) all this stuff that you probably haven't seen in a game before. And this is probably the most fun weirdness you're going to have, you know, surreal dating experience. So if you've never played a a dating sim from Japan before, why not check it out? Yeah. And it's very accessible. It's it's on Steam. It's for Mac and Windows. There's also a PlayStation port, the uh, the PS4 and PS Vita. I played it on the Vita, which actually was great because, you know, being kind of a mostly reading experience, it's nice to be able to kind of, you know, lean back and play it. So I'd recommend that version. And it's identical, as far as I can tell, to the PS4 version. And it has a like cross save and everything. Well, as you know, um, the genre of visual novels is inseparable from birds. We had another visual novel uh, this week, which is bird related. And and I believe Laura, you played that one as well. I did. And there's a lot of reading, but I think this one is a lot funnier than how to Fool boyfriend. Hmm. Um, I, it's called aviary Eternity, and it is a joy. The creators of the game thought to themselves, what if Phoenix Wright had woodcut illustrations and birds? 
I want to point out at this moment, before we dive too deeply, that Phoenix Wright, Phoenix is a bird. Yes. And, I think that's how they came up with it. Yes. And this is not the first expansion upon the, the basic, the birdness of the, the law and courtroom-based visual novel. There was also the Harvey Birdman game. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I forgot about that. But I think that this is the, the game that really doubles down on the, the essential birdliness of the visual novel courtroom style. <laughs> and I am, I am excited to see how it turned out. You got J.J. Falcon. Your main defense attorney. Uh, and you got uh, Sparrowman, his uh, sparrow sidekick. And you got a, a nice cockatiel who they do tell him to stop being a cock at one point. <laughs> and I laughed a lot because that was a great use of the pun. Um, puns. There are bird puns. There are lots of horse puns. There are puns about Roman columns, uh, the Ionic style. Would you like a pun about Ione? Um, oh, Lord. Oh, yes. That game, that is all throughout this game. And there's also uh, some prizing stakes. So you're a defense attorney. You have different people come to you. Um, you can decide you'd rather drink instead, and then you have to play blackjack to decide if you take the case. But your assistant always rigs the games. You have classical music playing in the background, including the uh, theme from Alfred Hitchcock Presents. <laughs> and at one point, you meet somebody who is being, who says he is the heir to the throne of España, and they play the beginning of Carmen, and I couldn't <laughs> stop laughing, because every time that fox comes on screen, it's like blasting the Carmen theme song. But you're also running around collecting clues in Paris. Um, the king is a, pig a penguin. There are uh, crocodiles. There are cats, like animals all over the place. And what makes me so happy is it's animal heads on human bodies. I love that. Yes. The art style is super fun. It looks to me like the comic Wondermark, which is sort of reuse of sort of woodcut style, kind of copy and pasted together in Photoshop. Absolutely. They animate all the mouths so the beaks move. And that, you know, if they're talking with a giraffe, the camera will animate up to talk to the giraffe and back down to them <laughs> every time. Is it, is it uh, voice acted? If it is, I didn't have it turned on. But um, there are lots of little characteristic tweets or, you know, growls or things like that when characters uh, are talking. Yes. I love um, if you look at their uh, at their page with uh, – now, I'm on their Kickstarter page. This was apparently Kickstarter funded. And um, mm -hmm. so they, they credit as lead character designer J.J. Uh, Granville, the French caricaturist. Uh, who did all of the original woodcuts that they've sourced uh, for their uh, for their graphics here, which I think is so great. Like they've they've kind of done this game as a sort of collaboration with uh, with a 19th century French caricaturist, <laughs> and they they list uh, Camille Saint I can't even pronounce that Saint as so, their uh, lead composer. Yeah, because he did the <laughs> Carnival of the Animals and. Although they they seem to be sampling from all kinds of classical composers, he just kind of the main themes. That's great. Um, yeah, when people when you when people say something they think is important, like big, uh, bold like exclamations drive out of their head, like a starburst of black on the painting. And it sometimes is for people who figure out something in the case. It's someone who's sometimes it's someone on a case. Sometimes it's someone who's hungry. And one time it's a bird who just says, "I'm the prettiest Polly." <laughs> So if any of this sounds great, it's right up your alley. There's yes. lots of French jokes. There's a swan in a dress with boobs. Um, and also, 
I was really shocked that you can actually really mess up in this game. And uh, there are some stakes that I didn't expect. And then I decided to go back and replay because I was like, oh no, I have destroyed all happiness for Paris, or at least my personal happiness. So it is a really fun game. It's very silly. And then suddenly you're like, oh no, revolutionaries. (laughs) Well, what's a visual novel without stakes? Absolutely. One joke, just to see if this is up your alley besides the puns, is you are interviewing someone in the first case and you're asking them about their food. And you keep asking questions and questions and questions about the food. And it gets to the end, and then you get the answer, red herring has been added to your evidence folder. (laughs) And every time you access it, it says, this is a red herring. (laughs) If that sounds like a game you should play, definitely play Avery Attorney. So this seems like it's really strongly based in the sort of Phoenix Wright style, right? Like, it, it, it it plays like a Phoenix Wright game. Would that seem fair to you? Yeah, the trials aren't quite as showy. They're shorter, mm-hmm. but other than that, I think it's the same exact formula. How long do you think the game is overall? I completed in uh, four hours, but I also did do some backtracking to fix my terrible mistake. And there's about four uh, four main um, cases? Mm-hmm. Four cases, four acts. Well, this seems like a really great game to pass some time. If you have a if you have an interest in bird law, then you can find this game on Steam. Uh, we'll have a link in the show notes, and it's available for Mac and PC on Steam for fifteen bucks. So check it out. So far in this show, I mean, you guys are telling me everything that I want to hear. You know, I I know that I can romance birds, and I know that I can prosecute birds. But what if I actually want to fight birds. Well, just go outside, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> do you wish you could shoot birds? Uh, I do think back pretty fondly on, on my days on the NES with my zapper. But not like Duck Hunt. Like, do you wish you were a bird shooting other birds? You know, what if, what if it was more like uh, Towerfall, for example? Um, <laughs> that, is, that is the question that Duck Game asks and that we must answer. I've been asking that question every day. Every day to my pillow as I fall asleep at night. Do you have an answer for me? Yes. Um, sort of. So, so Duck Game is a four-player, or you know, max of four-player, I suppose, mm. platform shooter action game, I guess you'd call it, uh, from a developer with an unpronounceable name. Uh, what was it again? Landon Podboleski. Yes, that's it. And it's published by Adult Swim Games. And Adult Swim Games has this sort of aesthetic, I guess, or kind of vibe uh, for games that they like to publish. They like to publish games that are very funny. They usually have sort of a um, pixel or otherwise sort of um, retro-esque art style, which is kind of a weird choice for them. Um, But that's kind of what they do. And they tend to go for games that have this sort of like um, emergent humor to them. And that's really what this is all about. Duck Game is a game that's very, very similar in a lot of ways to things like um, Towerfall or Smash Brothers, except that all the players are playing ducks and they are uh, continually being put into new situations with different types of bizarre weapons, sort of like worms. So it's kind of like a kind of like a worms meets Towerfall kind of thing. Yeah, the pace of this game is incredible because you probably will kill the other player within five to 30 seconds. If you think Super Smash Brothers 
the levels were too long, this is for you. You have one life. You will die. Um, you will be run through with a sword. You will be set on fire and turned into a turkey. Occasionally, you might be thrown into ice and thrown off the edge. So if if our listeners, when they play Smash, they only ever play as Falco. <laughs> Then this is the game for you. Okay. Um, you know, actually, I, I have to say that Duck Game does a couple of things that I think really do make it worth worth a, a good serious look. So, like, this is a game that does four-player same-screen co-op really well. Or not co-op, excuse me, versus. Um, we, we did a whole episode on Towerfall. I love Towerfall. Towerfall has a lot more technically interesting stuff going on here. It's simpler. It has a, you know, it has a fun very stripped down feel nice shooting mechanic the levels are well thought out the enemies are interesting duck game doesn't do any of those things as well as towerfall but it does one thing that's really really important it does online multiplayer so if you're just wanting to shoot the shit with some friends and you know shoot at each other and have some very funny moments um Duck Game has that sort of fast pace and the sort of weird humor that Towerfall has, but it has it with online multiplayer, which is great. So this game is totally worth picking up. They have like a four pack on Steam and it runs on uh, Windows only, which is a bit of a pain. We uh, we had some trouble getting it to run on some some of our co-host computers. I sadly could not get it to even launch. Yeah, I don't really know why that is. Um, but yeah, Windows only it ran just fine for me on Windows 7. Um I assume it'll probably run on most Windows systems, but if you're trying to virtualize it on like Parallels, we didn't have any luck. Um, wish there was I a did. Mac version. I played on Parallels. Oh, you did? Huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well? It just, it. I think your mileage varies. It just depended computer to computer. Some took it, some didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, felt a little, little, little bummed out about that because I was sitting there watching you guys talk on Skype playing it. I was really, really left out. Yeah, I felt terrible because Shane was just listening to us. We'd go quiet for about two seconds, cussing, cuss for like five to ten seconds, and then laugh uproariously. Because normally, like, I was getting stabbed through, or, you know, there's lots of good saves. This has that, like, it doesn't matter how good or bad you are at the game. The round's going to be over fast, and you're still going to have fun. I know that I sometimes hit that barrier where you play somebody who has played Towerfall for 600 hours or played <laughs> Super Smash Brothers 600 hours and you go to their house and play it and learn it for the first time and you just get your ass kicked. Duck game, it doesn't really matter because the next level you're going to be the one holding a grenade. So you can just throw a grenade at the other person. Like you get revenge very quickly. Yeah. And you get to quack. You don't, like, you just hit a button and quack at the other person. <laughs> there, there is a quack button in this game, whatever game needs. Yeah, so so I definitely recommend Duck Game. I thought it was really fun. Um, it, it's, it, it's perfect if you happen to have, like, four controllers that you can plug into a laptop or something and just have some fun with some people in person. And the online multiplayer is a really nice option, too. It even has matchmaking, which I didn't try. I think it'd be kind of weird playing this game against strangers, because it doesn't really seem like it's a winner losing matters kind of game. Um, more just sort of a chit chat with friends and shoot each other with, you know, laser beams. Turn your voice chat on. This game is all about the trash talk and quacking isn't going to cut it. Yeah, agreed. So yeah, totally fun game. I'm really sorry we weren't able to get a four player game going because of the technical difficulties, but um, I definitely recommend it. What was your favorite gun? 
Um, I really enjoyed the laser, the sort of laser that took a while to heat up, but you know, you had to hold it down for a while and then eventually it would do a really, really big beam. That was fun. I enjoyed the uh, chainsaw, which takes a long time to get started. Yeah. Um, I think for humor effect, the best level was when we both had terrible, like old school 17th century rifles and we're trying to hunt each other. Oh, that was hysterical. When you shoot it, a giant cloud goes off and you have no idea where the bullet went. And then you can't move while you refill. So you are literally stuck there like a sitting duck. <laughs> that has a little duck animation with you sticking the, the little thing into your, uh, I don't even know what you call those things, the musket? Blunderbuss. Yeah, yeah blunderbuss. Yeah, trying to Ram refill rod. your blunderbuss. And you are just sitting there looking straight at the, you know, out of the screen at camera, waiting for someone to come by and kill you while you're filling <laughs> Totally rad game. And I guess we got totally one rad. last game on our list to talk we about do. today, which happens to if not... none of the bird games fit the bill. Ah. Oh, God, Laura. You know, we managed to get this far we in the episode without on, serious bird punnage happening, but uh, Laura pulled it out in the third quarter, uh, fourth quarter. So we've got... Ducks, uh, ducks, ducks. All right. We, we've got another one to talk about, which isn't strictly speaking a bird game, but is equally weird. This is a game that I... Um, tentatively threw into this category because as I started playing it, I assumed that there would be birds in this game. (laughs) (laughs) And if there are birds in this game, I did not find them because I could not make it very far. The game is I Am Bread. What is the goal? So I Am Bread is a game in which you are bread and your goal is to become toast. Oh. So, um, I, it's a, it's, a game that I knew I would have a little bit of an in on because uh, gameplay-wise, I would say it is somewhat similar to a game we've loved on this show, Octodad, in that it's a game where you know, you're know you trying to complete objectives by navigating around uh, with absolutely terrible controls. But it's also kind of like a Surgeon Simulator. There's a, a few of these games now where they basically take a mundane situation and they plop in... Um, a oddball character with terrible physics and they just say go I am bread starts you off as a piece of bread in a loaf on a table halfway across the room from a toaster and you have the four shoulder buttons on your controller represent the four corners of your slice of bread and you can grab things uh, with any of those corners and you can kind of flip the bread around end over end and around Uh, to try and make it to the toaster and get inside. And if you do so without uh, getting too dirty or soggy and reducing your edibility, then you win. (laughs) And did you succeed, Shane? I did. I managed to make it through uh, the first level. Uh, (laughs) uh, Actually, no, I made it through through, uh, two levels and I, I rammed my head against three. And the first level is pretty straightforward. You're trying to get to the toaster. In the second level, the room has no toaster. How are you going to toast yourself? Well, the answer is that on a high... This took forever. On a high... So (laughs) also, on a high shelf in the room, there is a bowling ball. And if you push it off of the shelf, it hits a television. And the television breaks. Smoke comes out. You can toast yourself on top. (laughs) At least that's what I figured out. There may be other ways to toast yourself. In the third level... There is an iron that has been left on. (laughs) And you can try to toast yourself on that. 
That I never managed to successfully do because I would always get too dirty and gross. And uh, you have like a grip meter that runs out. You can't just sort of like hang on to things. So you really have to get acrobatic with this bread. There's a timer. This is one of the hardest games that I've ever really tried on the PlayStation. <laughs> I've got to be honest, this game is almost impossible. I spent more time trying. It was like the Dark Souls of pastries, guys. It, it, I think there's a whole sort of class of games these days that's really designed for streaming. Like, you know, there, there's they're not necessarily designed to be a really great fulfilling game experience or whatever. What they're really designed for is this sort of uh, viral self-marketing that happens when people play these games on places like Twitch and YouTube. And, you know, they, they have this, they're, they're a sandbox built for enabling whoever's playing them to, you know, to, to create funny situations and, you know, things like goat simulator fall into this, uh, into the same category. And I don't always love those kinds of games. Like I didn't really like Goat Simulator. I didn't find much in it for me. Um, Octodad was was like a notable exception. It was a game that had a had a beginning, a middle, and end. It had, yes, a lot of personality. It had yeah. Yes, it had it had story. Uh, this game had none of that. Um, it just had um, ants drama. Y- you want to avoid the ants. There was dirt. Um, there was uh, anything. The bread could seemingly, like, destroy anything that it touched, basically. <laughs> like, if you would if you would come near anything made of glass or a plate, a jar of jelly, it would just smash it to bits. And I was like, how does the, how does the bread even weigh that much? But, uh, but yeah, no, it, it lacked all of the kind of charm of Octodad. It was weirder, if that's possible, than Octodad. Uh, by sort of the nature of its plotlessness and the complete non-explanation of this living bread. It has a tremendous, tremendous theme song. It has a whole song about what it's like to be walking bread. Overall, would you recommend I Am Bread? If it's cheap. Okay, that sounds totally reasonable. <laughs> That's the sort of thing that I uh, I only really pick up in sales and whatnot because I don't tend to uh, don't tend to finish those sorts of games. I think it's almost impossible to finish some of those games. Like Goat Simulator, I think is is designed as an open ended experience with no real end, and um, that's sort of why I liked Octodad. Like it it had that craziness, and then it had a conclusion like you could complete it and it wasn't insanely hard to do you could do it in about uh like six hours or something like that but um yeah i'm glad that uh glad to get a report on i am bread mm-hmm. and we actually really quite liked uh, surgeon simulator 2013 from the same uh, developers i played a-, a good half of it which is more than i usually do for this sort of game and after a while, I started feeling like I actually kind of could use the controls that were designed specifically to work against me. Like, I felt like I'd got the hang of it. I thought for a second you were like, I could actually be a surgeon. I was going to be like, oh no, honey, that's not how that works. None of his patients have complained. 
I think the key thing that I've learned today is that birds and video games are just two sides of the same coin. That they're two concepts that could never be separated. Uh, so I want to go out by, by kind of thinking back through the great history of birds and video games, and maybe we could talk about our favorite birds from the video games of the past. Well, I think you, you can't start this discussion without going back to the most important early video game bird, the things that you rode in Joust. Ostriches. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I think one of them was an ostrich, and the other one was... Um, there were, there were two different ones. Like, if you look at the control panel, like, one of them is an ostrich, and the other one is something else, and I don't remember what. Emu? Maybe. Whatever. Wow. They're horrible terror birds that you ride into battle, and they're awesome. Why hasn't there been a modern Joust remake? That would be amazing. They'll do it after they um, do uh, Ready Player One. Someone will... Joust will come back. Yeah, totally. It's too important to the story. And Spielberg's directing it, so it's got to be important. Um, I'm going to go for the chocobos, especially the fat one. I think it's just called the fat chocobo. <laughs> okay. Like the really big one from the Final Fantasy series. It's like a big fat one that just sits on people. You're talking to two guys who never played uh, any Final Fantasy games. I've played a little, but not not in, I've not encountered the fat one. <laughs> but that sounds amazing. Uh, I love the fat one already. But fine, then I'll say that I'll go for the chickens in Zelda that let you fly. Ugh, that was going to be my choice. The chickens in Zelda Sorry. are so great. Also, they're terribly mean. If you screw with them, they will take revenge, and I love it. Well, I guess the last one that I can say then is Birdo. Is Birdo a bird? Birdo is not a bird. Birdo is definitely a bird. Birdo is not a bird. I think Birdo is clearly a bird. Is, I mean, it's she in the name. is clearly a lizard. He is a is a male. Uh, he's a dude. Um, and Explain the bow. Explain the eggs. That's you know. There's there's a whole look it up on Wikipedia. It'll make you uncomfortable and. Birdo. Looking up anything about video game characters' genders on the internet is a hole I don't want to crawl into. I'm sorry. I, I agree with you. But um, I, I argue that Birdo is a bird because it's in the name. Uh, fair enough. How about you, Shane? Well, I'm going to have to go with, um, from various basketball games, Larry Bird. <laughs> ah, an excellent bird. Yes. And, and we've missed the most obvious and important choice. Flappy Bird. Flappy Bird, yes. That it's a, it's a classic. It will be forever. No one it's will ever Flappy forget. Flappy Bird Memorial, mm-hmm. birdless. There are far too many birds in video game history for us to choose from, but uh, maybe someday we'll we'll set up a bracket and we'll really put this matter to the test. But yes. uh, I, I'm glad we had this... I'm glad we had this time to discuss birds in video games. If you, listener, have a particular favorite video game bird or bird-related game... Let us know. We have a feedback form on our website, www.theshortgame.net, and you can go there and also find links to us on iTunes where you can leave us a review. We always appreciate that. Uh, I have been your host. Pidgey from Pokemon. <laughs> Pidgey. Yes, good point. Pidgey is an excellent bird. I have been your host, Reagan Kelly. You can find me on Twitter at Reagan K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. You can find the show on Twitter at underscore short game. Laura, where can people find you? The big bird from The Last Guardian. It's kind of a bird. It's also kind of a cat. Whatever. Yeah, it's got feathers. You can find me on Twitter at Laura J. Nash. And Shane, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at 8BitShane. And thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. Indeed, it was a pheasant conversation. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I did it again, guys. Oh. Chill with it.